Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Replant Bootcamp again. Bob, good to see you. Glad to be able to jump in on this conversation about characteristics with you again. And it's been fun. I, I think this has been a great series and I'm excited about that. And we probably want to remind uh, the listeners about the survey, the characteristic survey that is now live. Yes. Yeah. Listening to this, by the time this comes out, it's all live. We'll have a link to the survey in the show notes as well as to a YouTube video of the AMI Replanter Conference that NAM put on that we got to speak at and that where that was launched. And so take some time, dive into that. If you're looking at what it means to be a replanter, revitalizer, you're already doing it and you're trying to figure out if this is something you're even able to do, then these are great resources that are going to help you with a deeper understanding. Yeah, so go over to churchreplanters.com and look for the AMI Replanter button, click on that, and it'll take you to the characteristic survey, or follow the link in the show notes, and we'll get you set up uh, with the survey. How long does it take, Jimbo? Maybe... Take about 10 to 15 minutes okay. to take the entire thing. Yeah, and, and what, here's the great thing. You automatically get a report back, right? Yes. It comes to you immediately. There's no waiting, no Amazon delivery, no overnight, you know, it comes to you immediately, and there's a lot of helpful information in that report that comes back to you. So I'm excited for this uh, just to, to get widespread um, use and for guys, whether they're a potential replanter, an existing replanter, established church pastor, somebody who's thinking about transition, or even a, a convention employee or a associational missionary strategist. This is a huge resource. And I just say, whoever you are, uh, whatever the lane is that you run in a replanting and revitalization, you need to check this out. One of the cool things is not only will you get a one to five score on each of the 13 characteristics, but you will also be able to see where you stand with the average person. And so part of the automatic report that you'll be able to download immediately upon taking that survey will give you a one to five score on a, on a chart, a wheel chart, spider web wheel chart. And on there, there'll also be a line of everybody else's has taken it, averaged it out, automatically and show you where you're better than the average person that's taken the survey. You're a little bit under or whatever to help you inform not only on the one to five, but kind of where you stack up with everybody else that's taken the survey. That'd be huge for us. I think going forward too in our research to understand uh, where are some of the challenges that replanters on the level, on the norm, majority of them, what are some of these characteristics that are common that they struggle in? And so we, we can adapt some resources and, and some coaching and equipping towards that end. So super great resource, been over a year in development. Jimbo's done a fantastic job on it. We're thankful for our partners at NAM and the local churches that have uh, given to the cooperative program and the Annie Armstrong Easter offering that make this available for no charge. Mm. And so Southern Baptist, uh, you have helped us get this out there. And if you're listening and you're not a Southern Baptist, um, you're welcome to take this as well, and we invite you to become a Southern Baptist at the end uh, and be part of the replant movement. 
Well, you know, speaking of becoming Southern Baptist, you can take this survey for less than the price of a Popeye's fried chicken sandwich. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and without the risk of maybe getting into a fight I know. <laughs> while you're waiting on your sandwich. That's great. I'm waiting for the next Popeye's story to come out. <laughs> All right. Today we are... Uh, hitting the fourth category, as you'll see in the automatic report on that survey, the characteristics we've to try to make them a little bit easier for consumption and thinking through them, we've put them in a fairly popular four uh, quadrant categories of head, heart, hands, and habits. And so the we have a whole episode kind of explaining that. And then we are doing these episodes in each of those quadrants. And so the head, the thinking of a replanter, you, the organizational leadership thinking as a visionary shepherd and with organizational awareness and tactical patience. And then the heart of a replanter that drives what we do uh, with a gospel orientation, a missional focus, emotional intelligence and spousal perseverance, the hands, the work ethic, the, of a replanter is pastoral grit, resourceful generalist and initiative. And then on this final one, we're talking about the habits. And so these habits are things that are, all of this is unique to replanters, but a lot of this can cross over really into any form of pastoral and a lot of even just leadership in general. But on habits, these are habits that are absolute, could be beneficial for any pastor but are absolutely essential to be continual, perpetual habits that a replanter pours himself into to make sure everything he does is interwoven with kind of these ideas and these habits. Uh, and so those are affinity for multi-generational ministry, a respect for a church's legacy, and a willingness to confront. All right, let's jump in. All right, let's, let's go to an affinity for multi-generational ministry. Uh, this is one that you, you really have to think through as a replanter because chances are you're walking into a church with mostly senior adults, and you're going to need to figure out how to love and serve and not undervalue those sweet senior saints while you continue to lead the church forward. So our official definition is a replant pastor with an affinity for multi-generational ministry is able to connect easily with both the young and old in his congregation. So each group knows they are loved, valued, and heard. And so all ages are pastored well. Yeah, this is so true. One of the things Clifton uh, often says, Mark Clifton of the replanting, he says that the senior adults are not the uh, barrier to your ministry. They are your ministry. Mm. This is absolutely true. And, and one of the things that, that uh, is challenging for senior adults is as they age and as they see the culture around them changing, they don't want their church to change. Yeah. And they hold on to preferences. And they also are limited in uh, the, just the daily life experiences of what they, they are able to do and feel comfortable doing and can navigate well. And so you may step into a congregation that is experiencing a lot of those challenges that come along with aging, and then also some of the fear that comes along with the shift and the, the radical changes in culture. And there'll be a time when you start getting younger families in, and the way that those two groups connect and relate uh, will really be formed and shaped in a large part of how you love and shepherd both 
those age group demographics, if, if they're very far apart, how, how you love them, how you lead them, how you connect them together. And so I think of Miss Dottie in our congregation, she's 96, she's awesome. She loves uh, all of the young families and all the young families love her. And, and it's just a joy to my heart to see some of the seasoned saints in our congregation and then welcome babies into our congregation. We, we've welcomed in the last two years, probably I would say we're upwards of about 20 to 25 babies now over the last a year and a half, two years in our congregation, which is incredibly amazing and awesome. One of the things my pastor in New Orleans told me when I was heading here, because I asked him, just man, pour as much wisdom into me as you can, because he did a great job leading a revitalization at Calvary Baptist Church uh, in New Orleans. And he said, you've got to realize that God has given you the sheep that he has given you to shepherd. And you've got to shepherd them, not the congregation you want. Mm -hmm. Um and that really has stuck with me in my time here at Redemption of, of thinking as a visionary thinker, we can, we can tend to think about what things could be instead of st staying where they are. And, and that's a good thing. That's part of being a visionary shepherd is seeing where things could be. But if you're too focused on what they could be, you'll miss how God is using what already is to get you there. And you'll overstep people that are children of God, that are saints, that are called to be ministers there in that church. And so this isn't just an emphasis, though, on senior adults, because I know some replanters are in, in an older age range, and they're replanters, and they're very comfortable with those senior saints, and they love those well. But you, So you also need to be able to reach young families and reach new younger people and there's a real challenge in making sure that all of those generations feel loved and they feel valued and they feel heard. Uh, and you'll always feel a little bit of a tension there where part of your church is going to feel like you're moving at light speed. And part of them is going to feel like you're just going at a snail's pace. And that's that tactical patience piece that comes in. And so that's tactical patience is absolutely necessary for multi-generational ministry. Yeah. I think you, you, a good way to visualize it is in, in a car, you have to have the accelerator and you also have to have the brakes. And so typically these generations uh, will, you know, align themselves along one of those two dynamics. So one will be a little more cautious. So the older adults are going to be more of the ones who ask questions and slow things down a little bit, but that's good for you as a pastor because you need to think through some things and you, you might not, you, you might need to be slowed down and God will give you the right people to slow you down. But the older folks may need to press forward in some things. And if you're an older replanter, you got to press forward in some things. And so the, the younger folks tend to want to see things change and move. So you've got this push-pull, this dynamic that's a good dynamic, but you have to be able to love both of, of those segments or all of those segments in terms of age range equally. And, and I would say the other thing, too, is um, as a pastor for me, I've really enjoyed getting to know and loving the children in our church uh, as part of our replant. And they're part of the multi-generational aspect of our church. And so uh, mm -hmm. that's been a gift to me to do children's sermons and to you know, give high fives to the kids and to go visit babies in the hospital and all those sorts of things. That's just a, that's a blast. I absolutely love doing that. 
Yeah, you talk about God giving you the right people to slow you down. I have a natural tendency to move at, at a much faster pace than a lot of people are comfortable with and just in life in general. And I just, I mean, I'm, I walk fast, I think fast, I make decisions fast. And at some point in ministry, my wife looked at me and said, I feel like I hold you back sometimes. And I said, absolutely you do. And she, <laughs> and she looked so defeated and, and hurt when I said it. And I said, no, 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 you, you don't misunderstand me. Yes, you do hold me back, but in like a really good, like Holy Spirit sanctification way, because I, I, I it's not right to run at the pace that I want to. And it's good to have that tension pull back and slow you down. All right. So the next one is very similar called respect for a church's legacy. Our definition of that is a pastor with a respect for a church's legacy knows how to love and build off of a church's past without allowing people in the congregation to idolize it in an unhealthy way. So one of the great illustrations I think right now for understanding the importance of legacy is the brand new 2021 Ford Bronco that just was unveiled. Yes. So here's why I I was thinking about this. I was talking with a friend in the car the other day and I'm a massive Ford Bronco fan. I used to have a Ford Bronco 1969 Ford Bronco. Oh dude. Yeah. With a 351 Windsor in it. And it was amazing. Long story. It was stolen and never recovered. And I've, I've been heartbroken. And every time I see a classic Bronco now, I angrily wonder if it was mine. <laughs> it's just heartbroken because those after I had mine and after I got stolen, they started to really increase in popularity. And now you can't even get a beat up old Bronco that doesn't run for less than 15 grand. Yeah. And, and so I've just been really frustrated with that. And they've been teasing that they were going to remake the Bronco for like 10 years. And as a diehard Bronco fan, I've been a little bit nervous about what that would be and how would it look and would it have the off-road capabilities and all of that. And, and from what I've seen, Ford has done it right. Now, here's, here's the opposite version of that. Back in the 80s, when Bronco kind of went through a re, re-evolution and there's kind of that second generation of Bronco and uh, or third generation of Bronco and then uh, the Blazers, K5 Blazers were, were similar. They were this big, huge, monstrous, like, trucks that could do anything. And so Chevy remade the Blazer eventually. But, man, that thing looks like a car. Uh, it doesn't look anything like a Blazer. And I, I saw a great meme that showed a Bronco saying, hey, Blazer, isn't it great to be back? And the Blazer goes, shut up. I came back as a car. <laughs> So Chevy, both with the Malibu and the Blazer, really just dropped the ball on the legacy piece, right? When swing they brought, and a miss. When they, when they brought the Malibu back and they brought the Blazer back as a swing and a miss, and the reason it was a swing and a miss is those names, Malibu and Blazer, have heritage to them. And, and they have a, a long respect and heritage. And so that was a long illustration to tell you, listen, your church has heritage and it has a legacy. And you don't need to try and remake it as a blazer. You need to remake it as a Bronco that it is. And so be the Bronco, not the blazer. Somewhere in your church's facility, if you are replanting a church, is a history room 
or a cabinet with clippings and bulletins and pictures and photos from the church's heyday. And you may not think that the church have, has never had a heyday, but it probably had some kind of heyday some, somewhere in its past. One of the best things you can do as a replanter is go dig through the history room or the closet or the cabinet and uncover some of the photos that will remind some of the folks who are still part of that congregation about the days when the church was thriving, when they were reaching people, when they were doing creative things, and when they were on mission. And I was able to, to find some wonderful photos of our church back in, in that season when it first started and when it kind of hit its heyday. And in fact, if you go to our church website, that's one of the things we have on our church website. We just have kind of a scroll of some of those legacy photos of, of a long time ago when the church was doing some really cool things. So what I would say to the replanter is find something to celebrate in the church's past and point to it when it was effective missionally, when it was reaching people, when there was joy and excitement, and point to that as evidence that God has moved in the church in the past, and then point to the future that God wants to continue to do so, and he wants to move again in the church body, and celebrate that with the folks. Have them come up, tell their story about it, maybe at a fellowship or a members meeting, and then begin praying that God would do that again. Uh, that's a simple prayer. God, do it again. And, mm. and you think about that. If, if everybody in your church, um, the older folks and the younger folks, that, that would bring them together. God, do it again, right? Just praying that prayer over and over and over again and asking and pleading with God to work. Absolutely. So the last one that was added by Dr. Stephen Hudson's research is a willingness to confront. Um, we define this as a replant pastor with a willingness to confront is able to willingly, but not eagerly, navigate conflict with directness, love, humility, patience, and wisdom, driven by a love for the church and her members. Key word there, willingly, not eagerly, to navigate conflict. So if you, if you love to uh, get in a fuss and a fight with people, um, you probably need to factor that back and realize that God's servant is not to be quarrelsome, right? And it's supposed to be gentle with all and teach all. Um, but you also don't need to be the guy that never confronts anybody in the church on anything. Mm. And so I, I think I've seen guys really be one or the other, sometimes to an extreme and struggle to understand what does it mean to, to confront in the right way and the definition talks about that with directness, right? Let's be, let's be direct. Let's not beat around the bush. Let's not be kind of, you know, um, passive aggressive, maybe in saying something. Let's not, let's not correct the church from the pulpit, you know, like you're preaching to one person or a group of people. But let's talk with, with groups of people, with individuals, with directness, but with, with love, humility, patience, and wisdom, right? That is so important. One of my favorite replant verses, Colossians 128 and 29, says, him we proclaim, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom, right? So there's, there's this aspect of warning, which is like correcting, and you have to do it with wisdom, right? The wisdom that God gives. And, and so I think in, there, in certain seasons of my replanting journey, I would go into conflict, but I, I struggled to go in with love and humility and patience and wisdom. I would go in with anger and frustration. You know, it's kind of like the, the famous R.C. Sproul YouTube uh, 
video where he just says, what's wrong with you people, right? I just, we'll put that clip in the show notes, like what's wrong with you people? And, and I mean, we all have felt like saying that, right? Just to, to stand up there and just go, man, what is wrong with you people? And yeah. that, that is hard. Like that doesn't lead to any, any, anything that's helpful and redemptive most of the time. I will say this. There are some people who, who only respond to firm confrontation and rebuke. They don't hear the rebuke that's done with, with gentleness they need a they need a harder word and so we we need to be careful that that some to understand what kind of word is needed and required here jesus was not some meek and mild person right he brought strong words when he needed to bring strong words but he was also gentle and loved people and and confronted people well uh, through questions and and uh, through statements and and uh, but also when he needed to really throw down with a rebuke and a warning, he would do that too. Jesus was meek in the sense of being um, strength under control. Yeah. And there are certainly times you're going to have to speak very directly, but calmly and uh, address some things. And so it's so important that you are walking in the spirit Mm -hmm. and you are exhibiting the fruit of the spirit uh, when you do those things. And so for me, when I know I have a major conflict coming up, one of the, my practices is I will often fast prior to that for 24 hours or so. And I will just spend a lot of time in prayer, praying to the Psalms and just asking God for wisdom and power, asking God to soften my heart, soften their heart, to lead us both to honesty and repentance in that moment. And, and just state, state everything as calmly and lovingly and directly and clearly as I can. But sometimes you don't get to plan ahead and, and have those meetings. Sometimes you're just going to get caught in the moment, in a moment of conflict. And, and that's why you need to always be walking in the spirit yeah. as, as a pastor so that when you are willing to confront, you can do that in, in a loving but effective way. Yeah. Do you break your uh, pre-conflict fast by going to Popeye's afterwards? Depending on how bad it is. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes afterwards, you just need something that uh, releases some dopamine in your head for a minute. And uh, well, fighting for a chicken sandwich will do that. It'll do it. Yeah. Sometimes you want the fight to happen in Popeye's. (laughs) You have all that aggression built up and you're just hoping. You you ever been so mad you, you hope somebody started something with you? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. Well, I don't know. I've been pretty mad before, but I, I don't know. I don't, I'm a lover, not a fighter, Jimbo. All right. <laughs> look, they, there's fight, there's fight, flight and freeze, right? In, in my flesh, I am 1000% fight. Mm. Um, now the Holy Spirit has saved me so many times from doing that, but mm-hmm. I, I am that guy. I, I, I'm that guy. If I get mad enough um, and I'm in my flesh, then, then I kind of want you to, I kind of want you to swing because if you swing first, then I feel like I can swing back. Yeah. Liberty. Yeah. You got some Liberty there. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a couple of times I've wanted to lay hands on people. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so no, this is not arguing with people. This is a willingness to confront sin when it needs to be confronted. And that's not a, not a fun task to do. 
But hey, guys, these are the four quadrants, head, heart, hands, and habits, the 13 characteristics of what it means to be a replanter. Again, those come from observational research of the replant team. Those are then reinforced and backed up and supplemented by the doctoral research of Dr. Stephen Hudson and myself. As we've continued to try to develop these resources, we want these to be helpful for you. And so if you've got questions, you got comments, you got updates, you've got things you want to think through as you deal with this, please reach out to us, let us know. Go take that survey and give us feedback on that as well. We're excited to have that free resource out there for you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.